So this is the first episode of Neighbourhood Theatre Company Presents Journeys the Podcast. This is episode one, hosted by Nana and Gabriella. Um, I'm Gabriella, and I'm here to introduce a bit of this podcast. We're looking at the future um, in terms of theatre and of the cast and everything else. Um, me and Nana have been thinking along with Alicia about some questions to ask. And if you can introduce yourself, maybe Nana, would you like to also introduce yourself? Well, I'd just start by saying warmest greetings. And uh, my name is Nana Vrewa. And um, this podcast, as Gabriella said, that it is about the future of the cat. Before I go further on, I'd like to welcome everybody on board. I'd like to welcome Adam, Alicia, Philip and Dan. Thank you for taking time to come and speak to us about this podcast. We're very grateful. Uh, also, we have Nicola here at Sounds. Ask the creative team that are here today, that you mentioned earlier, to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what you do, guys. Um, my name's Dan Hipkin. Um, I'm one part of uh, T Films, and like you guys said, we've known the Young Vic for a really long time and, and been part of the dating part schemes and projects maybe 15 years ago. So it's been really nice to come back here and try and apply a bit of what we've been doing in the meantime, which is telling stories through film and trying to create something with the community that is back here. Yeah. Hi, uh, my name's Nicola. I do sound and music for theatre and I'm part of Off The Cut. I'm working out sound for a bunch of spaces and also hopefully perhaps devising musical tracks. We don't know. Off for grabs. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Philip J. Morris and I'm a director and I've come through the director's programme. For the last few years actually I've been fortunate to go from assisting to directing some of my own work and now here we are for Off The Cut. I'm Alicia, I'm the Neighbourhood Theatre Producer at The Young Vic, um, and I'm also one of the co-producers for Off The Cut. Uh, I'm Adam Hipkin, and I'm the other half of T-Films. Uh, and yeah, as Dan said, like it was 20 years ago that we were part here Ooh. of doing, taking part, yeah. Everyone's I was old. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I, was, I was 14 um, when I first did something here. So, um, and it was weird actually, our first session for Off The Cut was almost to the day that I first did something because it was the Easter holidays. Mm. So back in, yeah. So that was like a very bizarre, full circle, beautiful thing that happened. Um, and yeah, as Dan said, we're just really excited to be here and taking the things that we've learned along the way and being able to use them on this project. Dan, um, what have you gained from the experience so far? I think for me, like the first day when we were doing um, the recruitment workshops with everyone. It was just, especially coming out of, and I hope this isn't going to be mentioned too many times in the podcast, but like we, we come out of a lockdown mm-hmm. and um, it was very easy to sort of have your own routine and your own, had to narrow your life back into how to, I'm putting air quote, quotations around survive, but like to get yourself through. And I think what was so nice is coming back into a space with representation of the whole community and like really sort of gave a kickstart to thinking like that again. Not that we strayed away, but it just was a really nice reminder to go, we're going to get a chance to hear everyone's stories and hopefully guide it into, well, it's going to be an amazing thing and I want to just sort of hear everyone's voices and opinions Mm. on stuff. And it was just so nice to sort of be able to work with that and develop that 
to this point now and beyond. And what about Nicola? I have primarily it's how to use sound. And, uh, so because this is one of by far in my career one of the projects where it's sort of been the biggest cast and biggest sort of um, longitudinally and laterally uh, different people basically and finding music and sound that everybody identifies with mm-hmm. and feel like it's material they can use and grasp so that has been one of the best things I've learned I think and also just how to work in a very generous room yeah and building a story from the ground up literally very interesting um, thank you very much Nicola what about you Philip could you tell yeah, us it's a bit been, it's been great to work with uh, creators with such a rich like collection of knowledge I think the fusion of, of, of T-Films with, with Nicola and Natalie, our, our uh, designer, and Yasmin Joseph, like these are like powerhouses in the industry. So I'm fans of everyone that I'm working alongside. Um, and it's just really great in terms of like the cohesion that we have and building, building what feels almost like a long-term journey with the company as opposed to the company comes in, we do a play and go. Like we have weekly sessions and now we're meeting twice a week where we're able to play games together, try different ideas together, you know, find out their creative ideas and finding a blend of being able to marry that with the writer's vision too. Um, so it's just really, it's just been such a, a valuable and rich experience. And so to be able to bring it all to life is super exciting and the fusion of forms of film and, and live performance and promenade is like such a special thing. I, I can't recall a performance that I'm aware of that fuses all of those things together. I've seen them all in isolation, but to have the combination of mm. the two is, is something that's so exciting for us. It sounds like you have a really positive teamwork. Definitely. Which is really good. Absolutely. Yeah. And Alicia, perhaps you could tell us a bit. Um, for me, I would say, obviously, this whole show is in celebration of taking part, turning 25 years. Mm. So it's the fact that the show is a real reflection of the community currently now. So everyone who is in the cast with a group of 30 people, um, that doesn't happen often. I don't think you get that kind of intergenerational plays and pieces where you actually get to incorporate people who are living locally in the area, but then they also get to have the experience of learning new skills like um, you know, performing for screen or learning about sound. So it's also about the development of the individuals within the company. Is like how can we also teach them new things so that when they leave this performance, they leave not just being performed in a show, but they also get to experience and go, actually, I might be interested in film or I might want to find out more of what Philip does or what Nicola does. So I also think it's about what I've gained from the experience so far is that we're equipping people with hopefully the, the, to empower them that if they want to do this, this is a possibility. And I don't think that happens enough. So it's a great space to be able to explore that. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like um, it's not just um, people being involved in this play, but again, it's about their future, yeah. the future of the work that they could do. Yeah. Which is, again, yeah, it's very positive. So perhaps it's, it's in a way, also showing people the opportunity that are out there that may, may not be advertised. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Mm. And what about you, Adam? Yeah, basically just echoing what everyone else has said, I think when Shireen approached us, like in the end of 2020, I think, about this project, mm. um, with the view that this was something that was going to come up for the 
five-year birthday, um, coming off the back of the, the project called 2020, which was a year-long project which ended up becoming three films rather than three shows, um, and looking at potentially a multimedia production and what, what would we like to do and what we're thinking about doing it. And one of the things that I'm getting the most out of this so far, especially, is just uh, the ability to collaborate across so many different art forms. I know everyone said it already, but it's just like, we're so lucky to be given this opportunity and just so grateful just to be able to, to play with everyone and um, to build a story with essentially no limitations. Like, like everyone was saying, if we want to do something through sound, if we want to do something through film, if we want to do something where we need to immerse an audience in a promenade space, we can and we can build it as we go. And that's something that I think we've just been incredibly lucky to, to be a part of. Um, I have a question for Alicia. If you can tell us, you know, we've been talking, you've been talking about, you know, the 25 years, the anniversary, the 2020 journey, which, you know, has been quite a journey for all of us. And I think we'll probably touch upon that a bit later on. But if you can tell us about more about Off the Cast and why it is so special, perhaps elaborate more on those points that you were talking. Yeah, uh, um, I think with Off the Cast, um, when we were thinking about, well, when Shireen was thinking about what we're going to do to celebrate kind of the 25 years, um, it was about creating something that was unique. Mm -hmm. I think definitely being a part of a team with Shireen's leadership, it's, it's really about looking towards the future of how we see theatre work being created. Mm -hmm. So that's looking at how we work with creative. So how can we create a creative team that really doesn't feel like the director's the, the most important creative on the project? It's about how do we create a creative team where we actually say, sound, what are you thinking week two? Because usually sometimes they're not coming in until towards the end of the project. Mm -hmm. So it's also about creating a non-hierarchical um, creative world mm -hmm. because that's the, that's the vision of what we see the future of theatre is going. Mm -hmm. But then also I think it's about when we went into the pandemic and theatre went all the way down, it's because we weren't ready to move with what was happening. So now I think it's, I think this of the cut is a response to that. It's a response to, I know that there was a period of time where we disappeared, but we're back now. And here's what we can offer moving forward. So I think it's about combining film. It's about combining that community spirit. And then also just thinking about the audience. I think a lot of the time when theater is made, the audience is not considered. So how can we now think about how an audience travels through this show? So that's where the promenade kind of element comes into it. And I think the other big element of it is the magical realism was like our kind of um, stimulus to explore and like play around with. Because a lot of the time we don't explore fantasy enough. A lot of the time we're leaning into trauma to create a piece. We're leaning into like the bad things that are existing in the world. But also what happens when we lean into the fantasy and the illusion and the magical realism of what is happening now? And I think that's what Of The Cut is. It's a regurgitation of those things coming to life of like, okay, let's think about the future and what we might want to see and what's impossible, like what is impossible? Because with things like film and with everyone involved, we can actually explore that and something can actually come out of it. And I think that's what Of The Cut is and that's what makes it special. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it enough and I think I'd like to see it. If I'm thinking about, so this sounds like to me, um, Nana, Perhaps you can help me out with this as well. It's like going back to the theatre as it used to be, storytelling on the street. Mm, and the yeah. pandemic has been... So I'm thinking, you know, exactly that, when we were storytelling and then people 
Mm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, people would kind of, yeah, Is it uh, like create that story and then kind eventually of reenact it. Uh, reenacting, yeah, re-enact and then I'm thinking it, yes. of the Globe, for instance, which is a bit like a street performance, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. enclosed mm-hmm. with balls. And that's what made me think of what Off the Cut is. Yeah. Um, I think the young beat for me has always been quite innovative, and maybe it's just going back to the roots, but with all the technology of today, the filming, the sounds, and everything else, and how can we use people, which it sounds, you know, and the young Vic has always done that because mm. there have been plays in the past where community were involved. Yeah, I think I think this play is quite phenomenal because I think that you have. Um, different backgrounds, different ages. And I think it blends really well because you have very young people in the play. Mm. You have the you know people from different walks of life. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to make this play so different mm. because they're drawing from aspects of their lives, aspects of their work community, bringing mm-hmm. it all in. And it's quite exciting. Yes. Yeah, and I'm quite grateful to be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. If I could ask all you creative teams, uh, you know, we were talking about the pandemic and what do you think, again, perhaps linking with what Alicia was saying, in the post-pandemic world, what do you think the future of the theatre looks like? I think um, the pandemic allowed a lot of artists or people who maybe didn't realise they were artists Mm -hmm. to actually Mm -hmm. test their abilities, their skills. And so what I think that's presented is a really exciting, almost what feels like a new era of multidisciplined art, mm-hmm. actually. And it's really exciting. Like I'm, I went to a performance the other day and I like, met those of like, young people and actually they are now writer-actors slash directors slash producers. Um, and so in connection to this piece and the people that are in the room, it's really interesting, like observing the other skills that are coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 have a whole co- cohort that that do play instruments, and that's a, a sort of another thing to unravel and and can sing, and and can write and can direct, and like it's really fruitful to be in a space where they are allowed to kind of test test those skills and 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 actually bring bring that creative energy towards the production. And so, when meeting Shireen and the team for the first time. The instruction was very clear that this is a multidiscipline performance, which is so exciting for me yeah. um, because I'm very used to working in quite a conventional way or traditional way of like putting on a performance. So to have the fusion of all of those things potentially is, is amazing. And even from an aspect like we're still exploring, but there's potentially a way that the um, storyteller is also guiding us through, which is a whole other skill in itself. So I think the pandemic has had presented loads of creators and even for myself I think very differently about art now post lockdown I suppose yeah I echo that as well I feel like it, it made a lot of people have to be really nimble with what they what they can do and how they can express themselves and one of the biggest sort of things for us as us in T Films was we worked alongside the Royal Court to basically turn I think it was oh, 14 different pieces a week written for theatre but we'd go in and film it getting all, loads of writers and actors and us as filmmakers to come together and make this content to put out and it was being um, streamed and you could buy tickets to it so I feel like um, it sort of opened theatre's 
mind up a little bit to other ways of how they can present their work. Um, and I feel that going forward, I'd love for film to sort of be a part of that more. And like whether that is part of the actual play itself or each film, each play, sorry, is thought about how it would, could be turned into a filmed version of that play rather than just an archive. It could be an exciting way because in that way you can reach a much greater audience and hopefully with a lot cheaper tickets because that's a massive stumbling block mm-hmm. for most London mm-hmm. theatres. Yes. So hopefully it sort of just becomes more accessible, more um, diverse and multidisciplinary. That's mm-hmm. my hope for post-pandemic theatre. Kind of theatre short. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where we first met Philip. Yeah. Briefly, yeah. briefly, yeah. like yeah, yeah. flew past each other because there were so many things happening. Like Philip was directing... You did two? One? Two pieces, two pieces. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of that, which is really cool. And yeah, so this is fake. This is yeah, yeah. yeah. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think he knew we were working on it, so yeah. that's why he said yes, and then he found out and like yeah. came back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Um, and now, and now, Nicola's working on a project that we're also working on mm-hmm. with another mm-hmm. theatre. So it's just, it's just amazing how um, there are groups of artists, that, as Philip said, that are like pivoting to do lots of different types of art within theatre. Like Dan and I came up through theatre, so like we always look at stuff through the lens of film, but we try to make it as, with the future of theatre, as theatrical as possible. So we were really lucky to be involved in a project um, in 2015 with the Donmar Warehouse with the Shakespeare trilogy um, to help turn those into to films, and that was directed by... Um, Philip Deloitte, who also does film as well as theatre. So it was a really amazing learning curve for us watching a director who's got experience in both worlds, taking something that was essentially amazingly theatrical, but making it work for film. So from that point, we've just been looking at those techniques and developing that as much as possible to try and blur the line between film and theatre, which was one of our pitches to Shireen about this project is we want to be able to create something that you don't feel like you're in a performance and now there's something playing and you watch that and then you go back to the performance. We want there to be like a, it's all cohesive and it's all part of the same thing. And yeah, I think going forward, like you make your best stuff out of a crisis. If there's a pressure around, especially when you're creating art, as pretentious as that sounds, if you're in like time pressure or lack of facilities, you tend to make the best stuff because you have to make something work. So coming out of the pandemic, people were forced to kind of go, do I actually want to do this as a career? And the ones that went, no, I really do want to do this career, like came back twice as hard. So mm-hmm. I feel like obviously it would be much better if the pandemic didn't happen. But the fact that it now has, has meant the quality of theatre and art, I feel, has upgraded a little bit. Perhaps without the pandemic, we wouldn't be here today. Well, yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. maybe the projects would have been taking a different direction, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As you said, when there are pressures of different, of different kind, then you have to find different resources mm-hmm. and use them in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to pivot a little bit to audio plays, because through the pandemic, I did quite a lot of audio plays. Mm-hmm. And, but then as a theatre sound designer, I think there's certain languages, as, as pretentious as that sounds, there are certain ways you use sound and music to tell a story and how to end particularly have a start and end of an idea in a scene that I think bringing to audio plays has been quite fun. Um, and similarly bringing to this project is hopefully be able to blur the boundaries between music and sound and dialogue and film and text all fused integrated. There might be a musical piece that starts us walking towards a venue and then that 
transitions into the soundscape we hear in that piece and that is very much a language that we use a lot in theatre, I use a promenade and I tried to use in audio plays over the pandemic and just reinforced for me um, how democratic, well, sort of how, how universal that really can be because when you start there are a lot of things that are more innate and inbuilt in us when we understand sound than we think it is. Yeah. And also audio plays were, were free and they were very accessible mm-hmm. and they were fantastic. Sort of access stories. Definitely. Definitely. And music has always been used to yeah. 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 portray some emotions. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Dan, can you just tell us about your love for film and how will film be incorporated into the show? So, um, it's still fairly early days, but what I think, something that I, I feel like film, it's difficult because I love theatre and film, but with film, I feel like how it will be used in this piece is a way to add the extra storytelling and the extra flavour and the extra locations or mm. a bit more otherworldly stuff. It's, I feel like with film, you can get lost in the moment more potentially because if you're if, for the promenade stuff there's gonna be loads of other stuff happening on the street and it's going to be down to the actor to keep them engaged but with with film and sound is a massive part of this but you can sort of really sort of manipulate such bad like you can show exactly what you want when you want um and do your best to make someone feel how you want them to feel when you show that thing. It now sounds like my love for film is that I can manipulate people's emotions. <laughs> I think, I think it, it's... I, I'll tweak that slightly too. I feel like film can be really powerful in that way, as can theatre. I feel like film can sort of set up a world and then the actors in real life can um, continue along with it and then film will be hopefully dropped along the way and then hopefully round it up at the end. That's how I hope it will be used in this piece. Mm. Very film. good. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, perhaps you'd like to add a bit? Um, yeah, I mean, as Dan said, we're still kind of early days, and I think that's one of the really beautiful things of um, working with everyone and the team that we have here. Everyone has been so collaborative and so open and giving and suggesting with ideas and, like, patient as well. Like, you know, we've been doing quite a few sessions now, and we're just really getting to learn characters and um, ideas and we're you know we're trying to formulate stuff so so there's we have a kind of skeleton of an idea of what we'd like and we're starting to gather content now for uh, marketing purposes and also for sound design stuff and um, for content to be used in the show Um, but we don't have like a hard and fast rule as Dan said like we want it to add things to a scene um, that's already happening and just to help tell whatever story is going on at that time. So we don't 100% have a clear, like, okay, we want this, this, and this. We have a beginning, middle, and end. But one of the beautiful things, as I said, is working with this team is that the ideas are just flowing. And so one one week we could go, okay, we'll do this. And then the following week we might see something that you all do. And then we go, ah, actually, maybe that would be better as a group performance rather than a bit. Do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. So there's lots of different ideas. I think, yeah, this, one of the first things we're talking about is really sort of, because it is such a non-hierarchical uh, creative system, we kind of wanted the stories to sort of suggest what's the best format for it to be mm. told in. So that's what we've sort of been sitting and absorbing so much stuff. And then we are going to be doing some filming tonight 
um, for us, it's a bit that we feel like will work well on film. Mm. Um, and then there is sound being, being captured tonight, which will be used in performance. So, like, yeah, it's um, still very open. But yeah. But that's what's exciting Letting about the stories it. find their way to an art form. Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds so pretentious. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Philip, could you tell us why you love directing and working on a device show with a company of 30 people? I, I love what I do um, because it, it's just all about imagination and there's something that's really special. It feels kind of kid-like in like interpreting a script and thinking about how to place it all together and how the sort of cogs fit to make it into a production. Um, so I love doing that in, in, in general. And in terms of the combination of working with a device company, I love gathering thoughts. And there are so many things that have popped up in the room that have been so rich that have sort of made itself to the script, which is kind of the whole point of this is like allowing in terms of like sort of, yeah, trying to like dissolve uh, a hierarchical perspective of looking at creatives and actually blending the two um, so that the performers are also creatives as well in the process. So um, 30 is, is a big company and there are a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts. But like, like um, Adam said, everyone is so generous to each other and very patient with each other. So we're really, we're really fortunate to have that kind of attitude in the room. And things just happen. Like sometimes we literally like, we'll try something in front of camera or set a really quick task of like devising something within 10 minutes and the amount of gems that pop up um, and really carefully thought through things. And like the, again, like the richness of, of knowledge that exists in this space in terms of their, the connection to uh, living in the cut mm. and being from Lambeth. I've, I've learned so much from that experience. There's so much history. Mm -hmm. um, and even the, uh, our younger ones are, are really bringing themselves into the space and continually growing in confidence. So it's just great to have that generational exchange and uh, like support orchestrating that along, along the creative team. Thank you. Nicola, mm. your kind of love for sound yeah. and like sure. why you're really excited to work on the project. Hi, um, I love sound and music. I think a lot of our job as sound designers and musicians are to take something that's very specific, a very personal experience and then translate it something that's very universal and everybody around you feels it. Um, that's where the love comes from. And I grew up listening to classical music and then sort of stumbled away into theatre, first out as a performer. But then as, as pretentious as it sounds, there was nothing as real to me as people applauding when you see something really great or you see you go to street performer, you go, oh, that's amazing. You stop and stare. Mm. Or you hear someone play music, uh, you hear a violin on stage or anything on stage and they stop and they put their bow down and you just clap, you straight clap. I trained in economics, I thought I was going to be a consultant, and then everything was fake, and then that was the most real thing I knew. <laughs> um, and then for Love and um, think, uh, in this room, in our cast, and in this team around the table, there's so many people who have loved music and who understand how music tells stories, and that's just an exciting resource to tap into. Um, and more and more so as well, we have got more and more tools than ever. I've got smartphones, we've got, um, we've got free apps, everybody's able to create music now in the bedrooms, on the bus, um, in the cupboard, everybody's able to record a podcast. Uh, music and sound making has become more and more democratized than ever, and mm. that's a very exciting resource to tap into. We've got a lot of musicians. I remember last week everybody came up and was like, oh yeah, I played this, I played that. We've got two ukulele players. I don't know why you ever need two ukulele players, but we've got two ukulele players. It's very exciting. Um, and a lot of singers. 
and yeah, and a lot of un un understanding of how sound can transform a space. Back to what Dan was saying about how film can transform space um, and music can also manipulate emotion. Similarly, we can. Um, it's just by playing sound of a river, I can transform this this empty warehouse-like space into something that evokes an indoor cave with mm -hmm. dripping water. It's mm -hmm. the possibilities are endless, and so. The very fascinating and great thing to tap into is how do you create spaces with everybody, um, everybody's input. Um, but that's where that love comes from. And I think there's a lot of it in the room as well. Well, all I'd like to say is um, on behalf of myself, Nana Freywa and Gabriela, we'd like to thank you all, Alicia, Philip, Nicola, Dan and Adam. Thank you very much for taking time to come to speak to us. Thank you very much. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you, thank you. Can I just ask very briefly, since that we are at the end, can you sell to our audience why people should come and see Off the Cut and the, the project that is going to be happening outside? People should come and see it because it will be a new, exciting way of engaging with work that's happening with local people, um, with loads of great creatives, and it will be a great opportunity to see fantasy, to see the future. If you're interested in what the future of theatre looks like, you better come down to the Young Vic. <laughs> indeed, and, yes, and, indeed. And see it. Anyone else? I think this show is called Off the Cut for a very specific reason. And I think that um, if you have a love of the Young Vic Theatre and all the work that it produces, it is a love letter to the Young Vic and the work, as um, Alicia just said, of the past 25 years and then looking towards the future as well. Yeah, the magic has always existed in the cut, so come along and find out what it is. Thank you for listening to the first episode of our podcast. We do lots of activity in taking part at Young Vic. To find out more, do check out our website at youngvic.org forward slash taking dash part. Or you can follow us on Twitter where we are YV taking part. For more information about Of The Cut, do check out the Young Vic website where you can find us on the What's On homepage.